Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Well, how many of you were here last week? Let me see your hands. How many of you were here last week? Awesome. Well, last week we started a series called Sold Out. And uh, tonight we're continuing uh, that series called Sold Out. And tonight I want to talk to you. Uh, the title of tonight's message is The Power of a Surrendered Will. The Power of a Surrendered Will. And I really feel strongly tonight, uh, like my, my mission by the Holy Spirit is to do something that um, is to help present something to you that you can get a hold of. Uh, how many of you have heard the term, you know, being on fire for God? You, if you've been in church, you've heard that term, being on fire for God. And tonight, um, I want to encourage you to give everything you have to God. To go all in. To surrender your will to God. And if once you do that, it's incredibly powerful. Do you, maybe you have done that where you've surrendered your will to God. I remember the moment whenever, you know, it wasn't about me just coming to church anymore. It wasn't about me just, uh, you know, just, you know, I grew up in church. Many, many of you grew up in church as well. But I remember the moment whenever I surrendered my will to God. How many of you remember that moment? Whenever you surrendered your will to God. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, I'm not talking to you about just praying a prayer, but I'm talking to you tonight about surrendering your will to God. And there's great power in that. Before we continue, let's just go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for your presence and your, uh, just, your, just your strength that's here tonight for us to receive from you. Lord, I thank you, Father, for moving in our lives. And God, I ask tonight that we would just come into a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. God, I pray that you would teach us and show us the power of a surrendered will, God. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for just moving in us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about the process of surrendering your will. The process of surrendering uh, your will. And this isn't really in order uh, because I, I kind of moved it around. So this is just it's a little bit out of order because I wanted to get to the, uh, the main point at the end. But you, we all know that God created us with a free will, right? We've talked a lot about that uh, in here. And, um, you know, I, I recently heard a story uh, of a guy. He was trying to minister to someone and and, uh, you know, she didn't understand about, you know, why would you know, why would God, uh, you know, why do people go to hell and, and, and all that stuff? Or why would a loving God send someone to hell and, and, and all that and talking about will and he was telling her about sharing with her about the a free will, how God didn't want robots. He didn't want us. He didn't want to just make us love him. And he used the illustration that I thought was really cool of, you know, this person was married and he said, would, in your marriage, would you want to make someone love you or would you prefer them choose to love you? And it's the same way in our relationship with God. He's not going to force you to love him. He's not going to force you to serve him. He wants you to make a decision that I want to serve you. 
And there's got to be a moment in all of our lives where it's distinctive, where you remembered you crossed the line of it's no longer about what I want to do, but it's about what God wants to do. And you remember that moment that it should be a moment that you can just go back to. If I remember whenever I surrendered everything to the Lordship of Christ. So what's the process of surrendering your will? Number one is being around others who have surrendered their will to the Lordship of Jesus. Being around other people that have made that decision of not just I'm just a Christian, but I've surrendered to Christ. You know, I was talking to uh, to Clay Vance uh, today on the phone. Some of you you know who he is. And and I, we were just sharing just about ministry and some just other th- things in our life. And I got off the phone just feeling encouraged. And and I just thought about, you know, what a blessing it is to be around somebody that is like minded, that has is not just talking about church and not just talking about, but is surrendered to God, whatever you want, whatever you want to do, whatever is in it, whatever you want for my life, I'm willing to do it, whatever it is. And what helps us in the process of surrendering our will to God is being around other people that are not just say that I'm a Christian, but that have come to the place of saying it's not about what I want to do anymore. It's about what God wants to do through me. And whenever you're around other people talking about being on fire for God, it's contagious. It's contagious. You know, I think of a story that I love. So much in uh, in Luke chapter 24, and I'm not going to read the whole story, but I'll give you a little bit of background just in case maybe you don't you've never heard this story before. Uh, Jesus had at this point had died on the cross and uh, he, he had actually his disciples were not really sure what's going to happen. You know, they're at the point of man, Jesus died. What do we do now? Um, you know, and but Jesus had resurrected and two of uh, Jesus's followers uh, were walking together and Jesus started walking with them. You, you remember this story? Jesus started walking with them. They didn't recognize him as Jesus. He started to have a conversation with them. And as they're walking and talking, the Bible says in Luke chapter 24, uh, we'll go all the way down to uh, verse 30, it says, as they sat down to eat, he took bread and blessed it and broke it. And gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. At that moment he disappeared. And they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road and explain the scriptures to us? You know, I think of that as you have a couple of people that are walking together at this moment. Jesus shows up with them. And he begins to explain the scriptures to him. And two really powerful, there's a lot more, but two really powerful things about that scripture is that they were walking together. They were walking together. And and as we walked together and the focal point of the conversation was Jesus. When you walk with somebody and Jesus is in the center of the relationship that you're in, you then begin to burn You begin to to get a a passion for God. And they recognized it because they they said their hearts burned whenever they were with Him. You may not know what that means. Whenever I think of burning, I think of many different things. But the main thing that comes to mind when I think of it is passion. Is passion. You know why so many uh, people 
that are lost and don't know or are not in a relationship with Jesus really aren't all that interested is the people that are around them that call themselves Christians. One, have not surrendered their will to God. And they're not really that great of an example. And because they haven't done that, they're not passionate. They're not passionate. People sometimes talk about Jesus in past tense instead of present tense. Because it's about maybe... They, they had an experience through their grandmother or maybe a family member. Somebody else got saved, but it's, it's, it's through someone else. Let me encourage you tonight that God desires for us to be passionate. That's not very, a very passionate response. Let me try that again. God desires us to be passionate. I'm serious. He doesn't want you to just go through your life depressed, beaten down, not caring. Like, man, I, I got to go to to church tonight. I'm going to go to Fusion tonight because man, it's really cold. I don't really, I mean, I guess they're giving away hot chocolate. I might, I might come. But God wants you to be passionate, passionate about His kingdom, about what He wants to do through your life. And what I want you to get out of this message tonight, as you walk away from here, I want to just kind of shock some of you. I just, I just have it in my mind as I was preparing, just those, those paddles. I feel like some of you just, you, you need to just get shocked a little bit. You need to get a passionate a little bit. And what you need is just a revelation of it's not about what I want to do anymore. It's about what He wants to do through me. And whenever I realize that there is a loving God that died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead and is passionate about me and is passionate about other people, it makes me passionate. I don't know about you, but I'm excited tonight. I'm excited tonight because I know that if you get a hold of this message, that your life will change. I know tonight that if you, as we continue to go through this series of being sold out, of giving everything you got, your life will change. Your family will change. Things will change in your life. If you make that decision, I'm crossing the line. I'm surrendering my will to God. Not tomorrow, not in a little while, right now. Right now, here in this moment. It's not, man, if God just moves upon my heart, no, you make the decision. He's given you free will. The ball is in your court. You make the decision. I'm surrendering my will. And because I want to live a passionate life, because I want to live a life that is surrendered to God, I'm going to get around other people that are surrendered to God. I'm going to get around other people that are passionate about God, are passionate about His will. So number one, the process of surrendering your will. Number one, being around others who have surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. Now, I just want to go back before going to that next point. When I say Lordship, probably not very many of you know what that means. Not a whole, not, we don't really hear Lordship a whole lot. The word Lordship means Supreme Master. It means that like he is he is in charge of you, that you have submitted. He is the supreme master of your life. Well, let me ask you that. Is he the supreme master of your life? Number two. To the process of surrendering your will, going all in. How many of you ever you ever flip through the channels and you just so happen to land on poker? 
Anybody? Okay, a lot of holy people in here. I can't talk about gambling and, and fusion. How many of you, you've landed on that before? Just a side note. Let me get on a tangent for just one second, if you give me the liberty to. Why is it on ESPN? Why is, why is poker on ESPN? That's not a sport. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I just, I just had to voice it to someone. It frustrates me. I just, come on. So anyway, I, I had an uncle that used to watch, watch poker all the time. And I was like, man, this is the most boring thing in the world. And there's only one TV at my grandparents' house. And he decided that he would watch like 38 straight hours of poker. And I'm like, man, this is just the worst. But there was always a, 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 so anyway, so not by choice, not by my free will, was I watching poker. A little pun there. No, not keeping up with the cheesy jokes. Okay, I understand. Um, so I, I would notice that they would get really, really excited whenever they would push the chips in the center of the table. Like this is. All my chips, I'm all in. They felt confident about the hand that they were holding. They felt confident enough that they were willing to push the chips all in. I'm all in. I'm so confident in this hand that I'll win that I'm all in. I'm pushing the chips all in into the center of the table. Let me ask you tonight, have you gone all in? Have you put all of your chips in the center of the table, that you're going all in on Jesus. That I'm confident enough, I trust enough in Jesus that I know my hand will win, that I'm pushing the chips in. What a lot of us do is, man, I'll push the chips that I don't care about, the lower chips in, but I'm going to keep some of these chips for myself. Because I don't want to lose these. Whatever they may be. I've done it myself where... Okay, I'll give this to God. God, I'll surrender this to you. But this is way too hard to surrender. You've probably been at that place too where God, I'll give you this, but I want to I keep this. You know, I think of a story in the Bible in Luke where Jesus uh, comes to contact with Zacchaeus. And uh, he's going down the city. Zacchaeus was... Uh, known as just a terrible person. He was a tax collector. And uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time explaining Zacchaeus, but tax collectors in those times were the worst of the worst. I still don't particularly care for them. You know, taxes are kind of suck, but that's just kind of part of it. But at that time, tax collectors were just, they, in Jewish culture, people really didn't like them because of the fact that they made extra money by skimming Extra, like the, the, the government had to get a portion, but they could, they could inflate the percentage of taxes and, and keep that. That's how a lot of them became wealthy. And Zacchaeus was one of those, one of those guys. And um, Zacchaeus had, uh, I, I think, had a complex. The Bible, he's, you know, ever, and how many grew up in children's church? Zacchaeus was, uh, okay, we'll try it again. Zacchaeus was. All right, that's, I felt like a choir director right there. That was beautiful. So, just a side note, I, I, I think that Zacchaeus had some form of a complex. But something amazing happens whenever Zacchaeus and Jesus meet. Zacchaeus loved money so much that he spent a, a large, 
you know, a percentage of his time collecting it and really stealing it. But he meets Jesus. Jesus calls him down, says, Zacchaeus, I want to eat at your house tonight. I want to meet with you. And something really incredible happened. Says Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus where his house was in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. They had gone to that he had gone to be guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, talking about Jesus, and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord, if I have cheated people in their taxes. I will give them, if I've cheated people in their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Now, I want you to catch this, this part here. Now, Zacchaeus had totally cheated people, so what he was saying is, look, anybody wants their money back, I'm going to... I'm going to do it four times as much as I've taken from you. Then verse 9, Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Now, I really want you to just regain your focus real quick because I want you to catch this part talking about going all in. Zacchaeus went all in. He said, look, I'll give I'll give my wealth to the poor. I'll anybody that I've cheated, I'll give them four times as much as what I've cheated from them. And Jesus says something that is incredibly powerful right here, but could be misinterpreted. He says, Zacchaeus Today, salvation has come to your home. Now, if you read this and don't understand it, you might think that the key to salvation is giving everything you got as far as money. If I give half of my money, like you could, you can, can you see this? Like, I'm, I'm actually kind of amazed that there isn't like a whole doctrine out there that like give half of your wealth to the poor and you'll be saved. Just, just thinking out loud. And, and so, He does this and Jesus says salvation has come to your home today. And I want you to understand why salvation came to Zacchaeus's house that day. Salvation went to Zacchaeus's house because he pushed all in. He surrendered his will to the lordship of Jesus Christ that day. That's how salvation came to his home. God is not interested in having your money. God is interested in having your heart. He's interested in your will because God has a will and His will and His ways are higher than ours. And all He wants to do is just get a hold of your will. That you would choose Him and choose to serve Him and choose to take all the chips in the table and go all in. There's another story. So Zacchaeus did surrender his will. He did go all in. There's another story of a guy that did not go all in. In Mark chapter 10, verse 17, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Let's stop right there. Let's take let's just pause right there. So Jesus said that he came to seek and save that that was lost. And then a guy comes up to him and says, hey, good teacher, what must I do to 
be saved, basically. Now, from an evangelist standpoint, that's like a slam dunk. Normally, we got we have to like try to like, hey, if you die tomorrow, where do you think you go? You know, or you got to try to have a dialogue with somebody. This guy goes straight to Jesus and says, what do I have to do to get saved? Jesus asked him a series of questions. He says, why do you call me good? Jesus asked, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at him, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. He told them, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away very sad for he had many possessions. Again, this passage of Scripture can totally be misinterpreted. You could you could draw the conclusion yet again. Okay, so following the law and giving my money away to the poor is the key to salvation. No, the key was he went. He did not go all in. What Jesus was asking him to do was, would you give me everything? What Jesus was getting to, he used the law. He said, yeah, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. And Jesus went right to the root. He went to, hey, go and sell all your possessions to the poor. Come and follow me. He couldn't handle that because his possessions had his heart. Jesus, I believe, if he would have talked to other people, he would have gotten to the root of where their heart was. So just say, for instance, like a teenager, his, their, his or her greatest desire was to be popular in school. Nothing wrong with being popular in school. In fact, I think it's great for you to be popular in school, to leverage that influence for the kingdom of God. However, if that sits upon the throne of your heart as number one, I believe Jesus would have cut to the core of it and said, go don't have any friends anymore. Well, is there something wrong with having friends? Is there something wrong with having possessions? No, he doesn't care about that. He cares about your heart. He wants you to take your heart and go all in. But unfortunately, the parallel, the contrast between these two people, between Zacchaeus and the rich young ruler, is one went all in, the other did not. One, salvation went to his home, The other, depression went to his home. He went away, his face was sad because he had a whole lot. I want to encourage you tonight to push the chips all in. All in. Look, I understand that this isn't really like like a very popular message, I would say. Like, I don't know if this would sell a lot of books if I put it into book form. But this this is the truth. Like this is what Jesus is after. He's after your heart. He's after, he's not just looking for your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your sins, your fault. He's looking for all of it. Like he doesn't just want your good stuff. He wants your bad stuff too. Because your good stuff 
gets gooder with him and your bad stuff gets better with him. I know that's not. My mom's an English teacher. She would really be upset with that English. I did it on purpose. You know what, you know what I'm saying? He wants all of you. He wants your faults. He wants your gifts. He wants your talent. He wants everything for you. You know, that's what I, I you know, I appreciate so much about like our worship team. You know, I think, you know, Josh wouldn't want me to do this, but I think about him and I've thought about this for years. If Josh is an incredibly talented musician. You know that if you listen to him, just the way he can, the ability that he has to play the guitar and all that. And I think about that gift that he has and how he could have taken that gift and benefited himself. I really, I really have confidence and believe that if he would have taken that gift and went to Nashville or went wherever, he would have made it as a well-known musician. I just personally believe that he's talented enough to have done that. But I've thought about it really for years of how he's taken that gift and he's given it to God and he would prefer, I don't care about being famous, I'd rather lead people in worship. And I think about that in your life of there's something that God has placed inside of you And you could use it to benefit you or you could surrender it and push it all in and it would benefit other people. But here's the thing. Here's the this is why I think that Josh was able to do that, because he has an eternal mindset of it's not about what I want to do. It's about what God wants to do. And if he the the, the line here of, okay, I'm choosing to use my gift for God or I'm choosing it to use my gift for me, okay, yeah, that gift might have worked out for him for 70 years here on earth, but whenever he gets to heaven, it's going to be way more valuable than if he would have used it for himself. And for you, if you push your gifts and your ability all in of God, here, this whatever you want, I surrender my life, my talent, my ability to use it for your glory and for your kingdom. So I want to challenge you tonight, go all in. Go all in. Don't hold anything back. So the process of surrendering your will, being other around others who have surrendered. Number two, going all in. And number three, which is where I really wanted to get tonight, is transferring your trust account. Transferring your trust account. What I mean by that is Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all. Let's let's read this together. Just this one part, all trust in the Lord with. Let's try it again. Trust in the Lord with. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. This is so key. Don't check out on me right now. I know we're wrapping up. You're probably tired. I've been speaking. I feel fast and loud, but just track with me. Get this. You got to transfer your trust account to God. All of us have a measure of trust. We will either trust in ourselves or other people or in other people. Man, it all comes back to that. We're man trusting and man, us and other people, or we will trust in God. Now, you could, you know, you may make the decision that I'm going to trust in myself and my own abilities. And many people do. Many people that I think are even saved do that. 
In fact, I can even have a tendency to do that myself. I have to continue to, to surrender that to God. But here's the problem. Here's the dilemma of trusting in yourself or other people. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but other people can fail you. Other people can let, your, let you down. You can let yourself down when you trust in yourself and other people. But here's the, the benefit. Here's the good news in trusting in God. He will never let you down. He will never fail you. How can I say, make that comment? Well, one, I know it's scripturally accurate. Second, I've lived it. I, I've, I've experienced trusting in myself, even post being saved. I've trusted in myself and I've let myself down. But whenever I trust in God, He never lets me down. And so how many of you in here have bank accounts? Let me see your hands. Bank accounts. Raise them high. I actually want to see how many of you have a bank account. Wow, a lot of you have bank accounts. That's awesome. Um, how many of you have like more than one bank account, like two accounts, like a savings account and a checking? Let me see your hands. How many of you transfer from account to account? Okay, it, it's gotten less and less, but it's cool that a lot of you have checking accounts. That's cool. Um, how many of you know that at some point, like if you want to, if you have a goal to save money and you can transfer from one checking account to the other, you transfer into your savings account, you can go back and forth between them. Like some of you may have a goal to be like as rich as Jeremy one day and you, you're trying to save, you're trying to save money. I want to be like Jeremy one day. And, and so you transfer into that savings account. But then what happens? You see something that you really, really want or, or feel like, okay, I, I just put it in my savings account. And what do you do? You transfer back. You move it, you move it back to, the, to your other account and you, you, just, you switch back and forth. Here's what I want you to challenge you tonight. I want you to, as we're closing, to get this. Tonight, I want you to transfer your trust into God and don't transfer it back. Think of it as a saving account that does not have the transfer option. Transfer your trust account into God. Everything you have, your trust. And I know that's hard for some of you because sometimes we've been around other people that have let us down. And sometimes we think of other people as God. But let me tell you this, that, that God is not like any other person. He will not fail you. He is worthy of your trust. In Psalm chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. This is a powerful scripture because it says, Those who know you, God, those who know you trust in your name. So I'm convinced that somebody who knows God, like who, who is in relationship with him, has an easier time or knows that they can trust him. If you know God, you know trust. And so would you just stand with me tonight as we just close? You can turn out the lights. This is where I wanted to get tonight. Transferring your trust. Transferring your trust into Christ, into God. 
Because when you do that, I find that surrender is easier. Because I trust Him. You know, early on in my Christian life, God would put things on my heart that I was terrified of. Every so often, there are times that He'll put something on my heart that I'm a little scared about. But not like how it was. Because I trust God today more than I've ever trusted Him before. Because um, I know me, and I know my limitations, and I know my own abilities, and I know in myself, I'm, there's no way that I could pastor or, or speak to people and minister to other people in myself. There's no way. But I know that that's okay. Because I trust in God and know that He has a will and a purpose for my life. So we have our free will. We have God's will. And what He's asking, I believe, us to do tonight is to transfer our free will into His account and to trust in Him. So tonight, I ask Josh and Micah to come and lead us in a song. And I don't want you to just do this for the heck of it. I, I really want you to make this your prayer. Tonight, I wanted us to come together and sing a song about surrender. And I don't want you, I don't want you to think about what you're going to eat in a little while. Just let, it, just let it all go. And I want you to just close your eyes and focus upon surrendering to God. From moving that account, transferring that account, your trust into God. And surrendering everything that we have, going all in to Him. And so as they lead us tonight, make this your prayer and give everything you got. I want everybody right now to just close your eyes. Nobody looking around. And make this moment, make this song your prayer. To you, I
give it all to you. All of our hearts. All of our passion. All of our gifts. We surrender it to you. While your eyes are closed right now, I just want you to picture. Just want you to picture the foot of the cross. Jesus' feet were pierced. And I want to challenge you to right now just ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that I haven't pushed in the center of the table? What is it in my life that I've been reluctant? And I want you to picture that, whatever it is, even if it's, if it's a possession, if it's a relationship, whatever it is, I want, to, I want you to picture right now just laying it at His feet. Literally just letting it go. Surrendering it to Him. Can you see that? Whatever it is, just let it go. Surrender it all in, all of it. All of your heart. Jesus said that if we would lay down our life, if we wouldn't be so concerned about our wills, what we want to do, that we would find it. If you would give up your life, you would find it. And the beauty of this is as you surrender, God may not give you back what you surrendered, but He will give you something back that is better for you. Whether it is that what you've surrendered, He may give it back to you, but it's in a better way. Your heart's in a better place. And the truth is that as you surrender, you're, you're going to get something back if you do it in the right heart. And so tonight, I just want to, just as we just stay in this atmosphere, nobody looking around, I just want to ask the question, have you surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Have you made a decision to go in, to enter into covenant with Jesus, to become a born-again Christian? And I don't want anybody looking around, but I just want to know, if you say, I have not done that, I have not surrendered my will to, to be a born-again Christian, I just want you to just slip up your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. Anybody in here, I don't want to, I don't want to just move past this. If you say, I need to surrender my will to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm just going to give you just a, a brief opportunity. Anybody in here, just slip up your hand. Okay, and for the rest of us, surrender is a continual process. It's a continual process. You don't just become sold out overnight. You enter into a relationship with Jesus and He continues to move in your life. I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I pray over every single student, every single person that is in this place, that is hearing my voice right now. Lord, I pray, Father, that You would just move in their lives right now. I pray that, God, as they surrender to You, Lord, I know that You will do something incredible. Lord, I know that there is great power in surrendering our will to You. And so, Father, we just, again, make a conscious decision. If you have the liberty, just lift up your hands before the Lord. Father, we surrender to You, to Your will, to Your plans, what You desire to do in us and through us, God. 
Lord, right now, we make a decision to push the chips all in. Our life, we make a decision to push it all in for you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.